You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. Our title sponsor on today's podcast is our good friends at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and save yourself $10 on your next order. A lot to get to here on today's podcast. Need to catch up on the latest what I've heard about BYU scheduling for the football season upcoming. Six official games announced currently for the Cougars. How many more do they have in the works? I'll pass along what I know from my sources after speaking to multiple of them over the past few days. We'll also catch up on the player countdown series. The best players to have worn the number 16, the number 15, the number 14, and the number 13 as we continue to count you down to the BYU football season that is upcoming. Also need to talk to you a little bit more about BYU sports. Former Cougars and the pros, former BYU basketball star Eric Mika will be heading overseas for this upcoming basketball season, playing for one of the top teams in Eastern Europe. We'll talk about that here in a little bit as well. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Biomat USA, a great company. We'll be happy to share a little bit more about them here later on in today's podcast. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get going here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 25th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you for taking the time to download your original daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. Real quick, if you're new to the podcast, welcome on in. Thanks for searching us out. We are a daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And our aim here is to be the one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day, as well as passing along insider information that you will not find anywhere else. So as I tell you guys all the time, Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. That way you never miss an episode of this show each and every day. All right, with that house cleaning out of the way, let's talk about BYU football and their scheduling for the upcoming season. As it stands currently, BYU has six official games that they have announced. Two more are a matter of when, not if. And I can report that that UT San Antonio and Texas State, barring something completely unforeseen, it's essentially a matter of when, not if. If those two teams, those two programs get added to the schedule, which give BYU eight games on their current slate of games for the upcoming season. That also would indicate that BYU has six home games and two road games currently. Uh, obviously, you like to have the home uh, majority games. That's a great thing. Of course, Texas State would be a bye game. It sounds like UT San Antonio would also be a bye game. But in talking with some people around the BYU football program, there is a chance that one of those games of the six that are currently reported for BYU in terms of their home slate will be moved to being played on the road this fall. That's not a done deal yet. Obviously, things can change, but I have talked with some people who have an idea and they say that one of those games may be switched to hopefully help balance the schedule for BYU. Additionally, many of you yesterday may have seen on social media a lot of illusions and a lot of uh, quote-unquote uh, what? Uh, what do we call them? Uh, hot takes about going to UCF, going to Orlando to play the UCF Golden Knights or the UCF Knights. I don't think they're the Golden Knights anymore. But I can tell you this much. 
there is real smoke about UCF. It would obviously be a road date probably for BYU to go to Orlando this fall to play that game with hopes of getting a return date, a home-and-home series in essence, out of the agreement. And it's obviously currently in negotiation status. I can report that, that there are both sides are negotiating with one another. It looks like the game, based on what most people have pointed out, would be for November 7th, so an early November matchup in Orlando. Be good weather for BYU to travel down there, obviously, because weather here along the Wasatch Front beginning in November, or even in October, can be questionable. But going to Orlando in November to play against one of the best G5 programs in recent years, hey, that's not a bad thing to do. I actually think it might be the uh, second best game on BYU's schedule. Currently, I'd say that Navy's probably the most prestigious game on BYU's schedule. Obviously, Army has cachet. Troy, to a lesser degree, as well as Houston. But we have UCF, a program that essentially went two straight years without losing a football game recently. That's going to be one of the preeminent games out there, and BYU would, be, would do extremely well to get UCF locked up, signed, sealed, and delivered. That would put nine games on BYU's slate, and obviously they're going to chase as many games as they possibly can get. I also can report that BYU is not afraid to schedule 12 games this fall. They're going to chase as many as they possibly can get. I've also said on the record that my personal gut feeling is that BYU probably rounds out about 10 games this fall, kind of following the model that the Power 5 conferences who are currently going to play this fall are following a 10-game conference schedule for uh, the, the SEC. Uh, the ACC and the Big 12 are also having 10-game schedules, but only conference games are nine with one non-conference date. And BYU, for everything that they have done so far, they're going to continue to chase every avenue to schedule games. That includes Power 5 teams. I do think that there are people out there who can broker games between the Power 5 and BYU and make it happen. Obviously, the pickings are slim right now. I can think of Notre Dame off the top of my head. Uh, University of North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, still has an opening, but they're under all kinds of issues with COVID-19 yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw that massive, massive outbreak at UNC Chapel Hill, but... Regardless, BYU is going to do their best to put a schedule together that's going to be a worthy schedule for this upcoming fall. And I think UCF might be one of the crown jewels of that schedule if they're not able to get a Power 5 team on the schedule. At this point, I don't want to hear belly aching about BYU not having Power 5 teams on their schedule this fall. They've done everything within their power to put together a schedule on the fly. They got to as low as three games and at one point even felt like it might might have been just two games left on their schedule and they've rebuilt it on the fly. Massive, massive credit goes to Tom Homo as well as Dallin Moody, the associate AD for football scheduling at BYU, for putting this together. I think that the Cougars are going to put together a pretty compelling slate of games no matter what. The nice part additionally to this is with all that quote-unquote compelling action going on, they also should win a lot of games. As it stands right now, with the eight reported games that BYU has... Honestly, a 7-1 record is probably the expectation. Just because of the caliber of opponent BYU will be facing, I really feel like the only game that BYU should be a significant underdog is in is 13 days away from today, the Naval Academy. When you go to Annapolis, a team that came off a 10-win season a year ago, it's got a strong winning tradition. Ken Niamatololo has done a marvelous job with the midshipmen. They are a great program. They're used to winning. They're used to winning big. And I think BYU is going to have their work cut out for them for that game. Of course, BYU has now made the shift into essentially game week mode. They'll have, what, two and a half weeks to prepare for this game. And they're going to have to really buckle down on the option because they're going to face two of the best some of the best option football you'll see in the entire country when they face off against Navy and then 12 days later against the Army against Army 
And I think that BYU, they have to be able to show that they can stop the run because we already saw it a year ago when BYU went to that three-man drop eight scheme, teams ran rough shot on them. This is the type of game that BYU needs to have a true 4-3 defense who is disciplined as all get out and can come up and absolutely hammer people in the run game. If you're not able to do that, guess what? You're going to see Army and Navy go for 300-plus yards and 50 points. Easy. Rushing. It's 300 yards rushing and 50 points, and BYU might not know what hit them. This is going to be a critical stretch to open up the season for BYU. The nice part is that they continue to put games on the schedule. There's a massive opportunity staring BYU in the face because it sounds like, I mean, according to Kirk Herbstreit in his own words on 104.5 The Fan in Nashville yesterday, he's going to be on the call for BYU versus Navy. That would indicate to me that I think that they're actually thinking about putting college game day in Annapolis to start the college football season, despite the game being on Labor Day. Obviously, they could set up shop on Saturday, talk about the slate of games from quote-unquote week one. And he already said it, that BYU and Navy is really the only game that involves two teams that you can think of right off the top of your head and know exactly what you're talking about when you say the names. I think it's a fantastic thing that BYU is getting the top commentating duo from ESPN and Kirk Herbstreit as well as his longtime partner, Chris Fowler. To get college game day there would be marvelous. It's been 11 years since BYU has been part of college game day. It was the TCU game in 2009, if I'm not mistaken, was the last time that college game day was in Provo and BYU was involved with it. And I think it's just a great opportunity all the way around for BYU football. Additionally, as they continue to put schedules together, put this schedule together, excuse me, there's an opportunity to be a top 25 ranked team. The preseason Associated Press top 25 poll came out yesterday. And of course, the original poll, this preseason poll came out regardless of if a team was playing this fall or not. That will change once the regular season begins. Nine of the current preseason top 25 will not participate this fall, mainly Big Ten and Pac-12 programs. And guess what? There is BYU. If they put up a 10-win season, I'm going to venture a guess that you will see them inside the top 20 this fall. And I don't care what the caliber of competition is. I'm just saying, if you win 10-plus games this fall, BYU will be a top 20, top 20 team. You can argue it till the cows come home about, well, they weren't worthy of that. The fact is that they will have played football, and many other programs will have not, and they can argue about that all they want. But the simple fact of the matter is there's a product on the field, and they're responding to it as such. So... I'm really looking forward to this upcoming football season. I'm very glad, and I tip my cap to Tom Homo and the rest of the BYU Athletic Administration for pushing forward here, and I look forward to seeing how this BYU football program does in just 13 days. Uh, coming up here in just a second, we'll catch up on the Player Countdown Series. We've got four different players to honor on today's podcast. It's kind of my fault for falling off the wagon a little bit, but we need to play some catch-up on that. And I'll also get to some other BYU sports news here in a little bit. Eric Mika heading overseas for a new club this fall. So a lot to get to coming up. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Built Bar, guys. And Built Bar has revolutionized their already delicious tasting protein bars, guys. I have told you about this company over the past few months, and I have to tell you guys, with the brand new shipment of Built Bars coming to my home, I couldn't be more jacked to try these. I already love Built Bars. I've told you guys I crave these things. They are the best tasting protein bar out there. Covered in 100% chocolate, you will not find a better tasting protein bar anywhere. Bar none, simple as that. There's no doubt about it. Built Bar right now has 12 original flavors. One of my favorites, the peanut butter brownie. It's just, it's a traditional classic flavor that I absolutely love. 
One that I'm looking forward to trying, though, is the Cherry Barcia. They haven't launched six new flavors with the relaunch of the Built Bar, guys. Cherry Barcia. You get, you get it? Cherry Barcia? Yeah, got it. Uh, Cherry Barcia. I'm looking forward to trying that one. There are multiple new flavors, so 18 flavors currently, and they're always trying new ones. That's the cool thing about Built Bar. They're not afraid to just go out and you know say you know what let's try this flavor that's what i love about this company and right now all of their built bars you can get ten dollars off by using the promo code locked on when you go to builtbar.com guys check it out all new packaging for their uh, new materials their new built bars and i look forward to trying them myself i have an order in and i'm looking forward to getting it i use that promo code locked on and save myself some money it's an easy way to do it guys so go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on get your next order of built bars and thank me later i am looking forward to trying them myself they're perfect for the health conscious guy or gal they're low calorie low sugar but high in protein and high in fiber it's a fantastic way to kind of supplement your diet regardless of where you're at along that your health journey in your life once again go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on save yourself ten dollars and thank us later that's builtbar.com promo code locked on a proud partner with us here on the locked on podcast network and locked on cougars as I mentioned, guys, we need to play some uh, catch-up on the player countdown series. My apologies for not being more on top of this. I got it away from me over the weekend, and you know what? It's time to play catch-up. We have four different numbers to name the best Cougar to have worn that respective number, and obviously you guys have weighed in with your votes on Twitter, and a big thank you for your continued support of this. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. You can vote in our player poll each and every day. We have done this since day 100. We have counted all the way down to number 13. So without further ado, let's break in and talk about the greatest Cougars to have worn the numbers 16, 15, 14, and 13 right here on the podcast. Starting with number 16, our finalists include former BYU linebacker Sione Takitaki, now a member of the Cleveland Browns, a great standout, a great success story in a BYU uniform. Also former BYU linebacker Harvey Longy, once upon a time a transfer from the University of Utah, now a linebacker with the New York Jets, a great player as well, was originally signed by the New England Patriots after being an undrafted free agent. And then also Ronnie Jenkins, one of the most electric running backs you will have ever seen in a BYU uniform. If those of you who are too young to remember seeing Ronnie Jenkins play, I would highly suggest you look up some film from the 1996 BYU football season, search out a number 16 and just watch the preternatural skill that Ronnie Jenkins possessed as a running back legendary, legendary player. Had he finished his career in a BYU uniform, he would probably be more highly thought of than he already is, but he is a legend no matter what, and just a great human being. A guy who has struggled throughout most of his life, but has always spoken highly of his time playing for Lavelle Edwards and the BYU football program. And then our final finalist on this was BYU women's volleyball star Charlene Johnson. Uh, played for four straight years as the starting setter for BYU. Really uh, got Elaine Michaelis's career uh, to heights never previously before accomplished. and was just a great player for the women's volleyball program. Our finalists today uh, were Ronnie Jenkins, who finished with 48.9% of the vote, Sione Takitaki with 36.2% of the vote, Harvey Longley with 12.8%, and Charlene Johnson with 2.1%. I wanted to argue against Ronnie Jenkins, but I am a child of the 1990s, and Ronnie Jenkins, to me, might have been the best purebred running back prospect BYU had before Luke Staley showed up. And Luke Staley will be coming up when we get to number six here in the Player Countdown series. Ronnie Jenkins was that good. 
Had he finished his career in a BYU uniform, he might have been the best running back BYU has ever had. He had issues, there's no doubt about it, but what was undeniable was his just ability on the football field. He had elite speed, elite acceleration, had great size. He was BYU, what I call BYU's version of Reggie Bush. They're different types of players, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that he was Reggie Bush because Reggie Bush might be my favorite college football player of all time but they had similar qualities to them and what they could have done in respective universities. Of course, Bush at USC and BYU at BYU, uh, and Jenkins at BYU, excuse me. Uh, I, I have a hard time arguing against that. I love Sione Takitaki. He's got a redemption story like no other. A guy who was arrested early on in his BYU career nearly got himself kicked out of school and off the football program, battled back to become a great player and a draft pick by the Cleveland Browns. And I think it's a great story. Harvey Longy, also a similar story. A guy who decided, you know what, I don't want to spend my, I want to, I don't want to play at the University of Utah, came to BYU and became a legend. So great stories all the way around. But of course, number 16 will forever belong to Ronnie Jenkins until proven otherwise. Ronnie Jenkins, the best Cougar to have won the number 16. On to number 15. And this is a number I think most people can already know where this poll is going to go. But our finalists include former BYU softball first baseman Ollie Kiojo, one of the best power hitters, might be the best hitter in BYU softball history, a three-time All-American, just a legend in the BYU softball ranks and college softball in general, former BYU forward slash center McKelly Wesley, a former Mountain West Conference Player of the Year, led BYU to a Mountain West Conference title. Uh, conference titles in BYU basketball are kind of rare, and McKelly Wesley did something that was ultra rare, also winning player of the year, really helped resurrect the BYU basketball program under Steve Cleveland, and McKelly, just a great dude still living here locally, and his kids are athletes now and really rocking the local sports scene in their own right. Also on to BYU men's volleyball, opposite hitter Taylor Sander, a four-time All-American, led BYU to the national championship game a couple of times and never was able to break through, but still a legend now playing with the USA men's national team. Sander is one of the true stars of BYU men's volleyball, and there have been a bevy of them over the years. It's just unfortunate he doesn't have the hardware to match up with some of the other guys who are out there. And then finally, Max Hall. Obviously, Max Hall, the winningest quarterback in BYU football history, won 32 games in a BYU uniform, and predictably, he won this poll with ease. 85% of the votes going in favor of Max Hall. McKelly Wesley with 6.3% of the votes. Taylor Sander, 5%. And Ollie Kiohoho, Kyohoho, excuse me, with 3.8%. And I'm not going to argue against Max Hall. When you're the winningest quarterback in BYU football history, think about that. You've won the most games at a place that was once upon a time and probably to a degree still is. Quarterback U, QBU, yeah, you probably deserve to have that number. And Max Hall, just a great, great competitor. One of the consummate competitors. His mouth got him in trouble at times, but usually backed up his play with what he said off the field. And just a legend. There's no doubt about it. Max Hall, the best Cougar to have won the number 15. On to number 14 now. Our finalists in this group include some of the greatest legends in BYU football history. Three of our finalists have their numbers retired uh, or either hanging in the rafters at the Marriott Center or up on the press box at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That includes former BYU quarterback Gifford the Mormon Rifle Nielsen, now Elder Gifford Nielsen, a member of the Quorum of the Seventy for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Former BYU forward Mel Hutchins, once upon a time a top draft pick in the NBA, a rookie of the year in the NBA after a stellar career in a BYU 
BYU uniform. Former BYU quarterback Virgil Carter, one of the first true passing quarterbacks, went on to have a pretty long career in the NFL in his own right. And then we come to the legend, number 14 himself, Ty Detmer. Similar to what we just talked about with Max Hall, but even to a larger degree, Ty Detmer won this poll with 94.6% of the vote. Mel Hutchins, 2.3%, and then Gifford Nilsson and Virgil Carter with 1.5% tying to bring up the rear. It's no big surprise that Ty Detmer won this. Our good friend Jeff Johnston (laughs) weighed in and said, "Um, the only qualification in this one is if you've won a Heisman Trophy, you get to win this poll. Well, there's only one player in this group that has won the Heisman Trophy, and he's the only guy in BYU football history to have won the Heisman to this point. That's Ty Detmer. Not going to argue against a guy who passed for 15,000 yards, went on to have a decade-plus career in the NFL. Just one of the most decorated athletes in BYU football history. Was he a two-time Davey O'Brien Award winner? I think he won the Sammy Baugh Trophy. The hardware that Ty Detmer collected during his career as a BYU Cougar is absolutely legendary. Not bad for a guy that... uh, Lavelle Edwards quipped when he showed up to BYU, he was wondering who Pee Wee Herman was and was looking for John Elway. And I think that's the story it goes. He was expecting to see John Elway walk through the door after hearing about all the exploits that Ty Detmer did during his high school days in Texas. And then in walks this skinny Texan who's what, five foot ten and 160 pounds soaking wet. And there it is, Ty Detmer, one of the greats in college football history and the greatest, probably in many eyes, in BYU football history, having the hardware to back it up. So we're not going to argue with this. Number 14, Ty Detmer, the best Cougar to have worn that number. Now, finally, we are 13 days away from BYU and Navy kicking things off today. And, of course, we need to talk about the best Cougar to have worn the number 13 as we get caught up here. Our finalists in this group include former BYU catcher D.G. Nelson, former BYU guard slash forward Andy Toulson, a guy who once upon a time, actually, no, not once upon a time, he finishes BYU career shooting 43.2% from beyond the arc. Think about that. 43.2% from three-point land. One of the great sharpshooters in BYU basketball history. D.G. Nelson was no slouch on the diamond for BYU baseball in his own right. Also, BYU opposite hitter Ben Patch, a guy who didn't finish his career in the uh, best of ways for BYU, left before his eligibility was up, and now is playing professionally and also with the U.S. men's national team. A great legend. We're number 13 for BYU men's volleyball. And then... The one, the only, the number 13 himself, Johnny Harleen. He will forever have the catch from John Beck to beat Utah that will live in BYU history forever. One of the great calls, one of the great plays, one of the great moments in BYU football history. And your esteemed host here, myself, Jay Catch, happened to be, what, nine, ten thousand 10,000 miles away when this took place. Had no idea it took place until after the week after it took place. I was serving my mission in Kaohsiung, Taiwan, and when I got uh, to my email the next week, my dad had sent me about five different articles that described this play in detail, and I can tell you this much. I had a companion at the time who was a native uh, of Taiwan, didn't necessarily understand uh, college football or American football to begin with, was a big fan of the NBA, I will give you that. He was a massive NBA fan, but when I was reading this, he's like, you're reading a lot. What is going on? And I told him about this play and I said, I haven't seen it live. I actually went and Googled it and probably broke some mission rules doing that. But I Googled the play and showed it to him. He's like, that's crazy. He understood the whole magnitude of what had just happened. And I couldn't believe it with my own eyes. 
Johnny Harlini's the best Cougar to have won the number 13. You can argue with me till you're blue in the face, but there's no way you're taking away taking that away from me. And obviously, you guys back me up on that with the fan vote. 64.9% in favor of of Johnny Harleen, Andy Toulson with 18.9%, Ben Patch 11.7%, and DG Nelson with 4.5% of the vote. So you guys back me up on this. Johnny Harleen, a great Cougar, a great representative of the university, and has might what might be the greatest individual play in BYU football history. It's right up there with those like the Miracle Bowl in 1980 and some other plays out there in BYU football history. But man, can you think of a more dramatic moment to beat your rival on their home field and hush, what, 46,000 fans who were just going insane in that moment? I can't think of one. And it's one of the great plays that... The fact that the mountain is what it was being televised on will forever irk me. That play deserved to be on ESPN and live on on the greatest highlight reels of college football plays of all time. But alas, anybody who's a BYU football fan that remembers that play will know exactly where they were when it happened. Except me. I couldn't tell you where I was at. If I riding a bike somewhere in Taiwan, uh, talking with somebody about the church, and I found out about it, I think, what, nearly four days later. But it was still one of the great moments in BYU football history, and you cannot take it away from Johnny Harleen, one of the greats in a BYU uniform. All right, there you go. We caught you up. We talked about the best players to wear the number 12 tomorrow. Another BYU quarterback who may have had a role to play in that play against the University of Utah, number 12 to number 13. John Beck, probably can win that poll, but we'll run that down for you guys on tomorrow's show and continue to catch it down as we get closer and closer to the college football season with BYU in action in under two weeks, guys. It's insane to think about, but it's coming quickly. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll catch up on all everything else going on in BYU sports news. Eric Mika has a new home to play basketball. We'll talk about that, but before we do that, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Bio at USA guys and I was just reading actually last night a story in the Salt Lake Tribune about the fact that uh, they're starting to do more and more trials with convalescent plasma what convalescent plasma is and how it relates to Biomat USA is the convalescent plasma is the plasma of people who have either had COVID-19 and recovered from it or had it, didn't know it, and recovered from it. It has antibodies in it. It has the things that help us fight off diseases in that plasma, and they're actually starting to use it in clinical trials, and it's going to be an urgent need even more than already has been for you guys to go, go donate your plasma. I know that not all of you have been tested for COVID-19. You don't think you've had it, but guess what? Plasma goes into multiple life-saving procedures and medical technologies out there. And Biomat USA, our good friends in Orem, need your guys' donations. They're not going to leave you guys empty-handed. They're not just asking for you guys to show up, donate, and say, pat you on the back and say, thanks for coming in. They're giving you cold, hard cash for coming in to donate your plasma. It's as simple as this. The more you donate in a month, the more money you can make with Biomat USA. It's a fantastic way to put extra money into your pocket, but also help out your fellow man in the process. If you believe you have had COVID-19, either you know it, you suspect it, they can test you for it, guys. And if you have the antibodies in your plasma, that convalescent plasma, they're happy to reward you as well. And the best part about it is you're going into fighting this disease that we are still learning so many different things about. We are still really in the kind of quote unquote infancy of understanding this new novel coronavirus and Biomat USA, along with the parent company Griffles, a national company that works all over the United States. They're on the forefront of looking into how convalescent plasma can fight this dreaded virus. 
Guys, it's a great way to put extra money in your pocket, like I said, with Biomat USA. So go stop by 349 East University Parkway in Orem, right there on that corner of where State Street and University Parkway meet in Orem. You know exactly where I'm talking about. If you know where the Big Five is at, you know where the Sizzler is at, you are right there, right next door to our good friends at Biomat USA. If you have questions or you want to learn more about the process, give them a call, 801-235-9800. That's 801-235-9800. Let them know that Locked On Cougar sent you when you stop by. They're open from the early morning to late evening. They're happy to work around your schedule. They're open from 5 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Monday through Friday. Also open on Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., guys. They can work into your schedule when you have that opportunity to step by. Stop by, excuse me, not step by. Stop by. Checking them out, guys. That's our good friends at Biomat USA, 349 East, University Parkway in Orem. Proud partner of us here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. As we wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show, running out of time here, but I wanted to give a big hearty shout out and a congratulations to former BYU basketball star Eric Mika. He'll be heading over to Eastern Europe, to Serbia to be exact, to play for Belgrade Partisan, actually one of the more famous basketball teams in Europe. Uh, Partisan has won one EuroLeague title in 1992. They've also won uh, multiple uh, national championships in their native Serbia, as well as the Adriatic League, which comprised a lot of the countries right there along the Adriatic Sea, kind of the Eastern Europe corridor. And this is not a bad team to be playing for because they have aspirations of returning to glory in Europe. They have currently already uh, begun the preparations for the Euro Cup, which I believe is the step below the Euro League, which is the most elite uh, basketball uh, tournament on the continent of Europe. Guys like Jimmer Fredette, uh, our good friend uh, Elijah Bryant, as well as Brandon Davies have all played in the Euro League for their respective clubs while playing in Europe. And obviously, Partisan Belgrade would like to get back to that level, but they're currently in a rebuilding mode. And this is an opportunity for a guy like Eric Mika to really go back overseas and really show what he can do. Obviously, he would like to get back into the NBA one day. He had all of five days with the Sacramento Kings after spending the majority of this past season playing in the G League for the Stockton Kings. It would be awesome to see get his opportunity to come back over to the United States and play in the NBA one day. But guess what? There are worse ways to make money than play the game you have played since a child, and you can just make money doing it. It's a great way to go about it. I think a guy like Eric Mika and his wife, they're seeing the world. That's one of the fun parts about it. He's already played in China. He's played in Germany. He's played in Italy. He's also played here in the United States stateside. He's had an opportunity to see this game take him around the world that maybe he wouldn't have otherwise gone to see in some of these places. I don't think he would probably travel to Belgrade without having played for Partisan, but I wish him nothing but the best and hope that it works out in his favor. I don't profess to know Partisan's schedule and the roster makeup inside and out. I don't know what kind of opportunity in terms of playing time this will afford a guy like Eric Mika, but I hope it works out in his favor and he's able to play plenty, get that experience he's looking for, and then hopefully make a return to the States, maybe play in the NBA once again at some point down the road. So big congratulations once again to Eric Mika on that mark marvelous opportunity to head back overseas. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for your continued support of the podcast. Going to speak with BYU coaches and players during media availability tomorrow. We'll bring that to you guys on tomorrow's podcast. Also expecting to catch up with Navy coach Kenya Matalolo, his media availability later this week. And of course, we'll have practice insider tidbits for you guys, scheduling news. We've got it 
all covered for you guys right here on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with the Locked On Cougars podcast. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search us out at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you so desire to hear my hot takes there, search me out at Jacob C. Hatch. And feel free to email the show anytime you guys want. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Have a great rest of your Tuesday whenever you hear this. I hope you guys are all doing well and staying safe. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 25th, 2020. We will catch you guys tomorrow.